Welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armin. And we had a really uh, good listener email. Again, we get so many of them. You guys are great. Uh, we got an email from someone who's gotten back into uh, their love of writing, but mm-hmm. is having some issues both with the imposter feelings and feeling like you're, if you're not going to write something that's a huge bestseller, why even bother? But also just with like the scope of the thing, which I think is kind of relevant for all sorts of art and making. Uh, and they ask, how do you work differently when you're starting a project you know will be big, complicated, or prolonged versus a smaller or more self-contained project? Mm-hmm. The one thing that makes writing a novel very different even from other writing projects is that it's so long and takes a long time. I'm trying to find ways to break it up into chunks, but finding the motivation can be difficult, especially considering that I can spend days or weeks on the same 300 words. Do you work differently at all for one versus the other? Have you ever faced the pull of a really amazing big project that you weren't sure if you could complete or found yourself weirdly stumped by a small project? And I thought this was just so interesting because, yeah, it is relevant, not just for writing, because like with with all creative things, like you can be just as stumped by, by a haiku as by a novel, but going into it, the novel not just is bigger, but maybe looks bigger, you know, like you, Mm -hmm. that eating an elephant, you (laughs) eat both an elephant and a muffin one bite at a time, but there's a lot more bites in the elephant, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I just, I really relate to that, just like looking at it, all sorts of projects and just being like, oof. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I can, I relate to this email because I have experienced this in both big and small projects, just like they ask. And it is, um, yeah, a big project, I think, is daunting in any situation, whether it's writing, painting, weaving, uh, pottery, like anything that you are making, that big project is really difficult sometimes to even begin. And I think that that's what we're talking about here. And then once you begin it, kind of getting through it and where you get stuck and where it's time to like, you know, abandon it or push through the hard times and keep going. Um, There's also the fear in a big project of, am I ready to do this? Uh, As a, a person who thinks a lot about the things that they create instead of just creating them, they overthink them. I'm talking about myself and probably a lot of you. I get so bogged down in the idea of creating something and I I develop this masterpiece in my mind of what I want to create. And then I feel like I don't have the skills to do this. Like, I can't paint a realistic, you know, thing that I, I'm imagining. How am I ever going to be able to create this ideal project that I have in mind when I don't feel like I have the skill. So then you put it off and sometimes and then you don't have the inspiration to make it anymore because you're never going to be good enough as you are in your brain, right? Like, Mm -hmm. or you want to be in your brain. So it's almost like sometimes you have to just start the big project and, and work your way through it and develop. And recently I've been really trying to convince myself, um, and I think that maybe this is a journey that other people go on, where it's like you have to just kind of do the big project and then have an idea in your head that once it's quote unquote done, you could go back and fix it when you get better after this. Like, Because you're going to be better after the big project. You're going to have made yourself better after you even just start the big project. You're going to be slowly getting better. And you're going to have a different maybe scope or or sense of what the project is turning into. 
and you can go back and fix it. It's not permanent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too as as I was listening is that some skills you can't get with just practicing smaller, simpler projects. Mm-hmm. Some skills – like yes, you can practice you know, techniques and, and understanding whatever it might be. But some things you just can't practice without actually doing them and some things will only be present in the big project. Uh, and it, it is something that I think comes up a lot for creative people where – when you're afraid to do something because you won't be good at it, you really can't get good at it. Maybe the thing that kind of saves you mentally is like, well, then I can never also be bad at it if I never do it. But <laughs> it's, you know, you, you kind of have to do it at some point. Because I think the other thing also about trying to push it off until later is I think there's also a conscious or unconscious fear of of waste, like wasting the materials uh, either if it doesn't come out right or if you abandon it partway through because you're not happy with it and you're not good enough. And also maybe the the fear of wasting that time. But that's where I kind of think that you go, you should go back to, well, is it wasted time if I learned something or even if I just have fun along the way? You know, like, yes, it, of course, it can feel like wasted time. But if if the alternative to to doing it and wasting that time is to not use that time to make your thing at all, then I don't know, like it's not like I'm trying to decide like wh- how you would determine a big versus a small project. You know, like, is it the time you think it will take or maybe even no will take because it's it can be things that you're already good at. You just know that it's or is it like the number of steps or the amount of material or like the the sort of physical or metaphysical size of the thing, like many, many words or a giant painting because what I've also realized is I remember reading in a book, you know, the, the any mountain will seem huge. And then once the first person manages to climb it, within a few years, you'll have little grannies just like sauntering up it with their picnic baskets. And I feel like there's two kinds of big projects. Like there's the one where it's the same number of steps. It's the same amount of time to sew that dress or make that painting or whatever it might be, but because you've already done it, it might be a little quicker because you have some of the some of the techniques down, but just like because you know what it is, it doesn't feel as big. So you have kind of a more I don't know, fair or measured or correct maybe even assessment of what it actually takes. So that when you're maybe pushing it off, it's not just because it feels big, but because you can maybe make more of like an informed decision of how much time you actually feel like you have right now or energy. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. You're saying like people who are kind of conditioned already to do bigger things, like people who just make big paintings all the time, like that's just what they make. Or people who write novels often, uh, that's just the size of their project, an average project is that size. Whereas you could take someone who is a short story writer or a sudden fiction writer, and you look at the idea of writing a novel, that feels like <laughs> the big project. Uh, but I think that anything, I think any craft or any skill that we have, there is a bigger project out there. And there's a big project for everybody. And I don't think comparing the scope of it is really helpful in any way to 
I don't know, comparing yourself in that way to anybody like, oh, that project isn't big for them. So I should be okay doing a big project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about being okay about doing a big project. It's about getting the mental energy and the preparedness to feel like I can tackle this in a way that feels doable. And I think that that's a lot of what this email is asking. Um, not that we have the exact right answer to help demonstrate how to a- attack a big project, but that those fears and those anxieties that are centered around a big project are out there for everybody. And I think that that kind of calms things down a little bit in those turbulent waters of thought that you don't quite know how to navigate this big project. But just kind of knowing that other people are out there struggling to navigate big projects kind of can put that into perspective of, okay, um, as a human (laughs) who is out there creating things in the world, I can find a way to manage my own expectations and find a system that works for me. And again, it doesn't even have to be a system. Like I think sometimes pigeonholing yourself into I will write a page every day or I will sit down and write every day. That works for some people and it works fantastic. Other people kind of need to do it when they feel it. Um, You know, the idea of just I know some people and I know the way I work is I'll just walk into the studio one day and I'll be like, okay, today is just, I am painting silly little postcards, which when I'm done, they don't feel that silly because I'm pretty proud of them. But like, it's like, okay, this is a tiny thing that I I just need to do today. And then other days I'm just like, all right, big canvas. I'm getting you out. I'm prepping it. And I'm just starting. Like I'm putting on the music I want to listen to. It just feels like the right day and it's happening. Uh, That's when the big projects kind of happen. And you know what? That big project can sit on the easel for a month after I started it. And that's okay. And this idea in my head just kind of manifested as we're chit-chatting, our test talking as we tend to do. And I want to ask you, the concepts of making versus creating. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I wonder if this is kind of relevant to the whole big project idea is that when you have a big project, whether it's actually a small project to someone and a big project to somebody else, is the difference here that you feel like when you have a grasp on your skills and what you're able to do, you feel like you can sit down and make something, right? So like, I will just make a little postcard. I will just make a tiny painting. I will just, you know, make a little comic. Like you just, you just make something because your skills are there. Everything's there to back you up and, and you're just using them. Whereas when you think about creating something, I'm going to write this novel that I've had this idea for. I'm going to paint this larger painting that is like all of my feelings on a canvas. Like this is, I am using all of these feelings, emotions, uh, anything that you are inspired by to create something that feels like an extra step above your skill level. And that's where like those anxiety, that the the imposter syndrome, the, um, the weight of what you're about to do kind of comes crashing down on you. And that self doubt that tells you to stop, or you can't do this, or you aren't good enough, or who's going to care that's a big thing too. The who's going to care after I pour my soul out into the something that I'm creating as opposed to here's something that I'm showing off that I made. Uh, and I, right. I think that those are kind of where we're, we're stuck here. We're stuck between the making and the creating and we want to go to the creating. Uh, and then eventually the creating becomes the making once you get good at it. Yeah. And 
I remember when we were talking about uh, being kind to our, our younger selves is it comes back to that, you know, when you really, really tried, you don't want someone else to think it's bad and you don't want other people because that's when you've really like, you don't want them to maybe even understand how important it is to you. And I, I totally agree that saying, you know, oh, <laughs> I joked about, you know, taking one bite of the elephant. But when people say stuff like, well, you know, write every day, write 10,000 words, you know, whatever, get up before your kids wake up or something. And oh, God, that's hard. Stop. Stop putting the bright. No, no. Like, go oh, get up and run in the get up and run in the morning. Get up and create when everything's quiet. It's like, I want to sleep, too. When do <laughs> I get to sleep? <laughs> yeah. And people are so different. And like, yes, some people will, you know, sacrifice sleep or write on napkins during their lunch break or whatever. And good for them. I'm not I'm not putting that down. But people work so differently. And I think a lot of people kind of lose lose steam when they hear those things, because they're like, well, I don't know if I can get that out. I don't know if you know. And I think that th those kind of ideas are good when they mean, you know, try to find time to write or paint or whatever it is throughout your everyday life. Uh, and maybe even I would stretch it as far as, and if you never find the time and do those things over the course of a year, then maybe you didn't actually want it that much. Mm -hmm. But I think it really has to be like, it's kind of like with, with uh, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, where because you know exactly how many words you have to write per day to make your quota of 50,000 in a month, once you miss one or two days, uh, if it wasn't on purpose, you're so behind. And I think the writing a number, certain number of, of words a day or, um, knitting a certain number of rows or whatever, you, you will immediately start to feel like you're falling behind. And I will also actually, I'm going to contradict myself from before because um, when it doesn't feel as huge anymore, I will say I've I've written two books or rather I have published two books. I've written a bunch of crap. Uh, but <laughs> and I will say like it. Yes, it's way easier the second time because you're like, well, I've done this one before, but you will also sit there and be like, I can't have done this before. Or how did I think that I could ever do this again? And you will sit there and just be like, I am almost everyone I know who's a writer of any kind, even, you know, if, if, if you're a short form writer, if you're a journalist, you will have many instances of just like, who am I to think that I can write? I must be an idiot for thinking I ever was able to write. What is this? I'm going to go live in a van down by the river. But yes, it is a little bit easier to look back and be like, well, I did this once before, but you're still going to have imposter syndrome. And I'm sure like Stephen King, uh, actually Stephen King might not, but someone like Stephen King might not even necessarily always feel like, well, of course I can do this. It's just, um, I mean, for him, he is one of those who says like, write every day, write this amount, just sit down and pound it out. And yeah, but good the Stephen him. Kings of the world probably also have the, the added stress of, is my next book going to be as good as my best? You know, or am I going to write something that's terrible and everyone's going <laughs> to laugh at it? And then all of a sudden I've ruined the Stephen King name, right? Like there's, there are pressures from all sides, no matter how successful or deep into your craft or creative, uh, your creative world you are. Yeah. So if, if we get back to just like the basics, how do you think, but like the, the kind of things that you do, both painting and other stuff, what would you consider a big or a small project? 
For me, a big project would be a really like big, intricate painting. Um, I have some ideas of like different layered things that I want to like make. And it's the tricky part of knowing the anatomy and the structure of objects and just like being able to create like a realistic painting of things that like I can picture in my head this collection of items that there's absolutely no way I can actually acquire and paint together. So it's more of like reference images and and knowledge, but then proportion and that all of that idea and like trying to collect and form this thing that I want to paint. It's just a, a very big project for me. And it's really, really daunting. And I have slightly started it, <laughs> but I have not gone anywhere near it. And I've done a thousand other things to avoid doing it. Uh, and that's kind of where I am right now in my big project. And I understand the idea of, oh, yeah, do a little every day. But it's like, well, it's a kind of project. And I know that other people have this too, where you either start it and you keep going or you don't start it. Uh, <laughs> so that's basically where I am. <laughs> I haven't started it. And I think also some, you know, with big projects, there you, there usually is going to be a lot of sort of preparation and planning, like you're maybe sketching stuff or making notes or doing research and gathering references. And with so many things, the biggest sort of boost of joy in your brain is going to come from the planning and the looking forward to it and the dreaming. And then there's going to be way less excitement in the doing, like maybe you'll be excited, like going into it and starting and be like, yes. And then you're going to lose steam because you've kind of, you, you peaked in your enthusiasm almost before, before you started. The, the danger of a big project too, of once you do start it and you get into it, you could start hating it like halfway through. You're like, I just wasted months, like essentially planning this and thinking about it and trying to figure out and then realizing that while you're in the weeds of it, this isn't working. Like what if you started knitting this giant project and you're doing all the little pieces of it and you have like half of it done and then you realize I hate this color. Like I hate this color. Like I can't. And then now you're like in it, like you're in, you're in the weeds of this project. Yeah, there are some people that can totally abandon it. But sometimes you just got to push through. And then at the end, you'll be like, okay, okay, I just hated the color because I was like, in it so long, but yeah. now I like it. Or you're going to come out and be like, I still hate this color. <laughs> or even worse is halfway through, you realize you've messed something up oh. in a way that can't necessarily be fixed. Like I recently uh, re-knit probably like 80% of a cardigan that had come out like too big and ill-fitting that it hurt ripping it back and then knitting it again because I was like I've already done this work and I've done all the like I've you know weaved in all the ends and I've sewed in buttons and I blocked it but I was like well I'm not wearing it but yeah no when you uh or right now I'm because at least with knitting you can rip it out and I guess with you know certain painting techniques you can either scrape it off or just paint over it but right now I've uh I've been sewing more complicated dresses recently and that's where it's really easy to just be like all right this you know didn't come out exactly right or wait i you know did something backwards or didn't and it is it it takes i have to dig into my maturity to like you know either <laughs> unpick or figure out another solution or you know figure out what happened and can i fix it and can i not do it again because it's really easy with the bigger projects. Because also I think with bigger projects, there are so many more small steps where you can mess up. 
mm-hmm. and and then either either it's you know not fixable or like it's going to be really complicated to fix it uh but even if it's fixable you're like because then you get back to that like you know i wasted all this time cutting backwards or like oh no you know and and that's either you're afraid of it going up to it or that is where you lose steam going into it where you're like okay well i have to take this whole thing apart and start over that's fun or like the point where you say you think about should i fix this and therefore the result will be a little bit worse than if i did it fresh again or do i just start again like those are some of the hardest creating maker decisions that we are faced with as people who make and create things because it is it's just the i have no it's it's that daunting feeling that confronts you so forcefully when you realize a mistake has been made how do i do this Uh, how do i address it how do i fix it sometimes it's even worse if it's a fairly small mistake like uh for a novel, for instance, like uh, one thing that I've been working on and then I, you know, say you realize that you want to change it from present tense to past tense or you want to, you know, change Ooh. part of it in the beginning. But that means that you have to go through and fix like not like a name change, but something in the structure. And you're like, OK, so I have to go like this is not a huge change and it doesn't make, you know, the plot that different. But I have to go through and make all these little annoying changes or I guess like if you realized you know, stepping back from your painting after a day of, you know, many hours of painting and realize like that turquoise that I mixed at the beginning of the day, uh, you know, either it's the wrong color or like, oh, I kept mixing it differently throughout the day. So this amazing effect that I had planned in this face is now, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when you, you step back and you're like, okay, so I have to like change, I'm thinking of a Monet for some reason, like you have to change every dot in this one color to another color. So it's not like it hasn't messed the whole thing up. You're just like, ah, dang it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I completely understand that frustrating, the stepping back moment, the moment of assessing and evaluating, especially when you think your brain's all like in that happy, positive making zone where you're just like, ooh, everything's happening and it's getting done and it looks so good and I'm all close up to it and I'm I'm involved and it's great. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go to bed tonight. And then you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, you're like, this is crap. And you just want to like flip the table. (laughs) It's just all over. Uh, That, that moment, it's, it's so, it's so hard to be this type of person that wants to create and make beautiful things, uh, but yet you are fighting with the demons of perfection. And it's it's not even that perfection. It's just like getting it as close as you can to what you your mental image is and and trying to trying to navigate that. And it only extends and gets bigger and worse and more complicated and and more often you have to reevaluate these things when you're talking about a big project. And maybe that's where this all kind of comes together. Whereas like all of those stressors and all of those moments of evaluation that you have to go through for any project that you do a big project, there are a lot of those moments because there's no way you can get anything done in one sitting. A little project, you can get it done in one sitting. You can be like, start to finish. I can look at it and I can call it done and and then move on. Um, some little projects are multiple days. That's fine. If you're used to doing projects that are multiple days anyway, That that's also, you know, calibrate here. But when you're talking about a big project, 
it just all compounds and you are faced with all of those moments that you have to reevaluate your work, adjust things, fix things, or, or just move forward uh, or, and choosing to move forward. That just happens more often with a big project. And I think that maybe that's why it's so extra daunting sometimes. And I don't really know how to make that feel better besides uh, just getting into it and practicing. I mean, people think about, people talk about, assessing a, a large project as if it's a, a series of small projects. But that to me feels so untrue. You know, like it, you can just be like, okay, I got this part done. But I'm sorry, when you add the next part to it, it could be all wrong. It could not fit a- anymore. Uh, and you have to then go back to the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Where, yes, it's it's all projects, but you are going to get, you know, kind of into that for 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 want of a nail, the war was lost. Like when it, when it has, and I was thinking about it and I think maybe that is where something feels really big to me is when there are so many steps or parts either, you know, physically or sort of metaphorically, because not just that you have so many different things to do and all of them can go wrong, but you can do almost all of them well. And then one thing will mess it all up. Uh, Or you get one of the first steps wrong and then that just means that nothing else can come out right, no matter how well you do it. And that's where I get nervous because I know myself and I know that I'm not always going to be super precise and I'm maybe not always going to do everything exactly the right way. And I try, but like something that has many steps and many parts, if we're going back to sewing, for instance, where I know that I have to be particular about each. And then I also have to, you know, with almost every step, maybe go back and, you know, try it on or put it on a dress form and do make sure to measure after everything and measure again to make sure that it's right. Like, I want to have the fun, you know, and, and I don't, I just, it, sometimes it stresses me out to think about like, you know, with pottery, like something that has many parts and all of the parts have to be made, but they also have to be in the right state of drying when I start to put them together and then they have to dry without cracking and then I have to decorate. Like there's so many steps. And then I'm just like, I'm going to make bowls today. I'm only going to make bowls and they're (laughs) going to be one piece and they're going to be white. You know, like it's, it's very tempting. And I think it's perfectly okay to put off bigger projects depending on like, do you have deadlines? Are you going to put them off for eight years? Are you just going to buy more materials instead of making them? Uh, I'm not looking directly at myself in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where 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 you, it, it can, I think that may be part of it being scary. Not just will I be good at the different parts, but also just the very practical thing of if I have, you know, a bad day or some bad luck, it could mess the whole thing up because this one part of the novel, I suddenly changed the name of someone and didn't notice or something, you know? Well, there's also the added stressors of in this world where we compare ourselves to others so often because we're just completely bombarded with fantastic artisans and creators and makers around us that when you enjoy something, you tend to consume the the images of, um, you know, other people enjoying the same things or, you know, forums or any, any way that you are involved in what your passion is, right? Like I follow so many painters on Instagram and people who can draw these amazing things. And it just, it seems like you see all of these things that people are creating, like, and one sketch from somebody would be like my giant project, right? Like Mm -hmm. the idea of drawing something that well and, and precisely and beautifully 
is like my big project at the moment. That's how it would feel for me mentally to create something that someone seems so easily to make and put up on Instagram in like a day. And I think that that's where we also face a lot of these anxieties and that once you create the big project or you start it, it's not going to be as great and wonderful as someone else's big project. And also who's going to care? Uh, just like the email said to, to kind of go back to where this kind of started us, the whole idea of if I'm not going to write a best-selling novel, what the heck's the point? Like, why am I writing this? Why am I just being this one little ant that that makes things in this giant world of of busy ants making things? Um, who's going to look and care about what I created? And yeah, it's it's kind of you talk yourself into, well, I'm making it for me and and it makes me feel good. It's like, yeah, it does. But you also kind of want that extra recognition. I mean, who doesn't want to be told that like their stuff is good and someone else likes it and that they're proud of them or someone else is interested in things that you're creating? Like everyone feels good about receiving that kind of positive, wonderful acceptance feedback. Uh, I don't care how introverted you are. It could make you feel very embarrassed, but it feels pretty good when someone likes you. Right? Like, and, and I think that when we are makers, like the things that we create are an extension of us. And the compliments on the things that we create are just like compliments to ourselves. And the idea of putting a big project out there and waiting for that compliment stream, I guess, when it's out there, it's just like, oh, this is such a big thing for not only people to consume, uh, but it's also a big thing for you to create and put out there. And, and it's terrifying if it flops. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about the the actual act of putting it out there, if we're thinking you know, for, for either social media or, or however you share it or show it to people, you know, it's also for a long time, you're going to have only progress pics and they might not even be anything to show off or they might look weird along the way. And then at the end, you have, you know, the one thing and like you're saying, maybe it'll flop or you won't get the amount of, of feedback that you'd want for something that took that amount of time. Whereas maybe if you make little cute paintings or super quick, very uncomplicated dresses or cute little mugs with flowers on them, you can, you know, post way more often or parallel to that, get the sort of little, uh, shiver of, of accomplishment way more often. And Those little feedback endorphins. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's only your own feedback and it is very much about, you know, uh, being able to wait for the reward because there can be some immense postponement of that reward. And I think that also, again, comes back to, well, then what if it's, what if it doesn't even come out well? You know, like you can, you can think, well, you know, if I finish this, I will, I can only get the feedback the once when it's done, even if it's from multiple people. Uh, but then if I spend all this time on it and then I don't even get any praise because it didn't come out well, Whereas if I just do the little cute things, uh, or yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's oh yeah, it's it's basically like it's cashing in your I'm achiever. Please notice the like, feedback, right? Like because if you spend a little bit of time on something and you get a good amount of feedback and and those positive um, endorphins from from that feedback, right? Like a lot of things that that us achievers, please notice, crave. It's it's easier to get those little little drips and drabs almost of, of like, oh, here, look at this cute little thing. Here's this cute. And not saying cute little things are bad. They they are wonderful. I consume oh, the crap out of cute little things. Uh, I just absolutely love it. But when you put yourself out there with a big project, it's almost like if it were 
it, 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 like you said, if it's this big thing and you put it out there and even if you get like a flood of wonderful feedback or you just feel really good, like you get your own feedback, like feedback from yourself for those amazingly positive, healthy people out there. Gosh, I envy you who are able to create your <laughs> own self-fulfilling like happiness loop. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> like that is it's terrifying and then it's like this flood and you want it to be there and then when it's not like you said like oh i just i'm getting all bogged down right now (laughs) and thinking about this if you get that one flood if you kind of almost think of it like you know that is then one flood for six months of work or you can get 12 smaller floods but spread out you get like an an even distribution and an even even feed (laughs) of of feedback which, yeah, like, you know, delayed gratification is 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 not an easy skill to master. Mm-hmm. When you get that, like, really, like, deep down flood of some, from something that you really put a lot of soul and time into, and when you do get the positive feedback from that, man, that feels so much better sometimes than the little things. Because you're like, I really, really cared about this. And here it is. For the people who share what they make anyway, there are, again, people out there who don't share what they make and can just feel proud of that. Yeah, I really envy you. <laughs> I wish I could just feel proud. <laughs> you know, I just, I just uh, made my husband take a picture of me in the dress I just finished because I want to post it because it's hashtag me made May on Instagram. Uh, where, oh, do please, you there's like another you... thing. There's another thing I need to do. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it, May? May what? Do you feel like you see a, a pattern in like where you tend to stall like do you do you like hold like push push the large project in front of you or do you get stuck like right after beginning or halfway through like do you do you have a tendency or is it kind of random um there's definitely a pattern the pattern is i get all excited and and happy and thoughtful about things when i'm when i have an idea and I kind of run with the idea. I run with the idea of uh, researching it and finding references and 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 doing the the things you need to do to create like the environment to produce the idea. I get very involved in that. And then when it comes time to creating the idea, I get so emotionally involved in it that I'm scared to create it. Uh, I just get too it's like it's too much i'm too sensitive now to everything i'm i was hyper excited for it i have all these plans but then it just all of a sudden feels like it's it's too raw like i can't do it and and then then it stops um it's still there like i still want to do it out in the the future of of reaching for a want but and i want it to have been done (laughs) at this point (laughs) it's like i would like for it to exist but i just can't bring myself to pass that wall of bringing it into existence how about you do you have the same thing or is it different for you i have i have two patterns one is kind of the same thing where you're just like you know you plan and you dream and then you just kind of put it off either for a new shiny thing to plan or because you're a little afraid and then the finishing bit like i think i last time we talked i joked about buttons taking forever for me um, but I did sew them on fairly quickly. Uh, but, and the same, like sewing a dress, like the hems, the hem, cause you know, you've done the fun bit and then you have just like the little finishing things almost mm-hmm. with any kind of creation of knitting, sewing, building things, like doing the little finicky fixes at the end. Because I'm like, even though I know it'll be so satisfying when it's done and I know that that's what makes something really good, 
unless it's still, you know, a fun part of the project, like if I could somehow hem things first and then <laughs> do all the fun fitting things around the waist or whatever, I think that would be easier. Because yeah, like I get like the two boosts of excitement are like before you start and then when you're in the middle of it, it's like, it's happening, it's coming together, you know. And then I'm like, hems, no, I don't, I don't care about hems. I will just walk fast and then nobody can see that it's not hemmed. Uh, <laughs> I think those are kind of where I, and then with the sort of asterisk that also if something isn't working the way I wanted to or I mess up, that's where I will also go, all right, you go, you go in the angry cabinet and I will not look at you for a while. And then that can be like a month or a year. <laughs> you have an angry cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> You already said like we don't have the answers, but do you do you have any strategies for this? I don't know. Slap yourself and say just do it. Because <laughs> <I just, laughs> sometimes it's just uh, I. All right, let's see. Let me let me think about this for just just a moment. Maybe it's the whole think about. All right, I'm going to get a little morbid here. Think about your life. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, think about the idea of a legacy, I guess, or being proud of looking back, like, this is what I created and thinking about yourself. And even five years from now, are you going to be happy that you tried to create something and it failed more than it will make you happy to be like, I thought about this project forever, and then I never did it. You know, the best time to start is today, all of those kind of things. <laughs> but I, I tend to be able to convince myself to do a project when I think about you know, when I have a, a, the idea of assessing what I've done or who I am or or I think I brought this up before, like you're meeting somebody new and they ask you, well, what do you do? Um, and then they ask you, you know, do you have something to show for the thing that you're talking about that you love doing? Having those things to show feels really good. Uh, and And sometimes the motivation to have those things to show or to be or to kind of reaffirm kind of the the blocks that you're building underneath your footing of this is who I am kind of like the, the 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 picture that you're creating of who you are as a person is kind of made up of the things that we like to make and create and and surround ourselves with so why not be the architect of what you're you are in control of here you know build who you want to be. And if that is a person that makes um, whatever you are passionate about, whether it's sweaters or pottery or writing or, or painting, have these things that you can say, look, I've made it, even though it might not be good. It's good to somebody. Uh, you know, someone might look at that and be like, wow, like I can't, I always wanted to paint, but I, I never did. Or I always wanted to write short stories, but I never I, I could never find the motivation to do it. But you know what? You're going to be that person that found the motivation and impresses somebody else to then have them find the motivation. Because like, it's kind of a, you are, again, that one little ant, but you should be a proud little ant, right? Of the things <laughs> that you've built around you. So I think I'm just saying maybe a good strategy to get started on a big project is to think about, you know, I'm going to start something. So I'm a proud little ant. And even if when I meet that other ant and, and we're having a chat about what we're about, 
you can say like, oh, I have this big project I'm working on. Um, you know, let me tell you about how I'm starting it. Like I've written the first two chapters of a novel. Uh, you know, that sounds pretty damn good. You didn't write a whole <laughs> novel yet, but just saying, you know what? I, I wrote two chapters of my novel or I, I wrote, I'm, I have pages of a novel that I've started. That still sounds good. Like that still sounds good. <laughs> so I think that those little steps of being like, okay, I can do this. I can, I can have something that I have made and be proud of it, regardless of how small it is, even if it's part of a, a giant project, it's there. And that's the important part. It's funny when you said you were going to get morbid, my mind kind of went to like, okay, when you pass on or get moved into a home, do you want, you know, d d do you want your grandkids to toss the dumpster full of finished paintings or half finished paintings? <laughs> Uh, How much crap or, are you going to leave behind in your house for your relatives to clean up? You know, what, what kind of crap do you want them to, you know, go, wow, this is a lot? Or do you want them to go, oh, that's sad. She didn't finish. They're going to find all of your embarrassing notebooks, by the way. So think about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a second, I was also like, well, you know, when I, you know, estate sales and thrift stores, I love finding materials. But <laughs> that's, that's who's going to publish thing. my unfinished novel out of my diaries, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, but uh, and. It's not that like I don't necessarily think about legacy that way, but I I just I kind of think it would be more fun to you know go through someone's stash of weird finished dresses even if they're a little wonky than to find you know tons of cut out pieces of fabric that you know haven't happened or even just giant stashes of fabric. Uh, and I think maybe also with the legacy, like who you can think of it that way. Like, do you want to be do you want like do I want my 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 nibblings my nieces and nephews do I want them to remember me as the the aunt who always had the weird dresses or do I want them to think of me as the aunt who always talked about how she loved to sew you know like I don't know it's it's all very morbid at this point I mean there's more beauty in unfinished projects than no project there at all right like yeah if you have a essentially if you, we are getting morbid if you have a life with nothing to show for it versus having a life of a whole bunch of like unfinished things or little doodles or you know notebooks full of scribbly garbage and like letter practicing it, that at least there's something there uh you, you know there's there's something there as opposed to just emptiness don't leave your beautiful clothes or your fun art materials for for uh, for best for the time when you deserve it uh, because then you'll never get around to using it and then it will be very sad. This feels like a very weird end note for this episode. <laughs> it does, like, it, it does, think but I about mean, your eulogy. What do you want in there? <laughs> I mean, but in the beginning, when everyone, whenever there is a question like this asked, whether it's here on our podcast, on a thousand different shows, like just in, in life in general, how many people have asked, you know, how do I start a big project? How do I do this? How, how do I get motivated? I mean, all of these questions, we all know the answer, even when we're asking them, you just kind of do it like you just you do it or you don't do it. Um, that's kind of the the simple boiling down to it. We all know what the answer is. But the idea of finding what the inspiration is for ourselves 
is what all this test talking is for. It's it's for when someone just says the right turn of phrase and you're like that, that's the one, that's the one that my brain gets and I like it and that's the one I want and I'm going to take that one with me and I'm going to use it and I'm going to make stuff. And I think that that's what we're all searching for when we ask these big questions like this. It's like we're we're searching for that that one little way of thinking that turns the light on and and gets us to be like, yes, I'm ready to make something. I'm ready to leave and turn off this podcast. Or maybe I'm making something while I'm listening to this podcast, which would be amazing. And you should totally show off what you're making, even if you're not listening right now. I think you should show off to us what you're making. I would really like to see it. Uh, big projects, small projects, whatever it is. And I think that that's what what we consume this kind of stuff for is is to find that spark. And I think you know, never mind actually like legacy or what someone will throw in a dumpster. But like, because you can, you can definitely regret, you know, wasting time or wasting materials or going off in the wrong direction on a project. But I think very much like in, in 140 years, when I'm looking back on my life, like what, what do I want to regret? Do I think that I'm actually going to regret cutting into that material without measuring twice? Or am I going to regret the material that I just hung on to and never even got to play with? You know, am I going to regret that I never tried to learn weird abstract portraiture? Or, you know, like, what what do I, what would I rather regret? Trying it and being bad or never daring to? Wow, that got cheesy. <laughs> hey, that's what our show ends up being about, right? Like, that it is really true. does. I mean, even We're think all about, about the like, cheese. We are. But even think about like people who are creating ephemeral things, you know, that don't even last. You can't even throw it in a dumpster. Like you won't even have a dumpster <laughs> fire full of your past achievements, you know, like that those that's an even even bigger hurdle to get over when you're creating something that just ceases to exist after a certain amount of time. Um, and I think that that is even or something that is so internal, like learning a sport. Um, that's something that just you just have you just walk around with it. Uh, you work all of this, this, all this time and effort and, and put in all of these hours. And you're really good at something, but you know, you don't have a physical object to show it. You can, you can, you know, go out and, and perform, which is fantastic. But imagine that kind of feeling of like putting all that time and effort in. That's another, uh, oh man, I'm getting ahead of myself. We should wrap up <laughs> so that we can get started on our big projects. Yeah. I'm going to go hem a gosh darn dress that's <laughs> maybe I'm going to go start that big painting. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to think about it some more. <laughs> but while I think about it, you can go find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can use make do pod as a hashtag to share your stuff because we really want to see what you are making and creating. And you know what? If you have a really good uh, golf swing or baseball pitch um you can show that off too <laughs> so you can go find us individually at tiffany arman and julia scott s-k-o-t-t -T. our email is makedupod at gmail.com um Again, we love hearing from you because this is a, a place where we get some of these wonderful questions and we can spend a whole show talking about it. So until then, we'll be back in a fortnight and go make and do and start that big project. Or don't. <laughs>